Hello there and welcome to the MedTime Stories podcast. My name is Ashvin Sharma. And I'm Tom Thorne. And we're both medical students from the University of Birmingham. This is a podcast about our life at medical school, how we're growing up and transitioning to becoming doctors, both about our life at medical school and also about the things we get up to in and around that. We want to impart a bit of our knowledge around medical school. We want to talk about the topics that are rarely spoken about and about the dilemmas that some people face at medical school, all in a light-hearted way. Please subscribe to us wherever you're listening. And if you could leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that would be very much appreciated. Hi, mate. How have you been? All right. We're, we're, we're supposed to record this about an hour ago. But we've just been staring outside our window for the past hour because as a car has just crashed straight into the lamppost. Um, we don't really know how it's happened. It's a bit weird. It's kind of just, it's crashed straight into this lamppost at a really unusual angle. It's not like it's come off the road or anything. So I'm trying to work it out. You yeah. went and saw that they were right, didn't you? No, no, I didn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Our other housemate did. No, 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 he didn't. He did. We know someone who did and, and they said they were fine. Um, it was getting a bit crowded there, so we thought we'll just leave it. Um, oh, but initially, but they, they are all okay. Yeah, right? no, everyone's yeah. fine. Yeah. Everyone's fine. I had my headphones in, um, and I thought someone just posted something through our letterbox because <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard a noise, and I was just like, oh, okay, so I was just like the post, or, the post a bit late today, um, and then uh, the other housemate comes down, and he's like, did you hear that? And I was like, yeah, I heard that, and he was just like, look outside your window, and there's just like massive four by four like crashed into um, into the lamppost. Well, it's not as bad as me. I was I was walking back from placement today. I walked up the road towards the accident. Didn't even see just it. missed it. Yeah, completely missed it. And then our other housemate goes, "Oh, go and have a look." Like, do you see what happened outside? And I was like, "What?" He's like, if you "Go and have a look." And yeah. then I realised this. Yeah, a car smashed into a lamppost, and we're recording this in the middle of uh, Storm Dudley. So Storm Dudley, yeah. It's basically, the worst day it could happen mm. because. It's torrential rain at the moment. There's like 50 mile an hour winds and everyone's being diverted down this tiny little road. Yeah, so the road's shut off and yeah. the lamppost is at like 45 degrees. It's really weird. It's really not very good, is it, at all? No, because uh, both of our cars are in the driveway. I mean, my, my car's all in the back. Of, all of our cars. Three, there's three you, cars in yeah. the driveway and then we're trying to work out how long the lamppost is and if it's long enough to hit any of our yeah. cars. But yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much the uh, the highlight of our, our week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, I mean, I'm going out for dinner tonight, which would be lovely. Going out for sushi, uh, a bit of a belated uh, Valentine's Day thing. Nice. Which should be good. And then what have we got this weekend? Got medball. Yeah. Medball, yeah. Yeah, so I was just getting ready. Um, I, I was just collected all my stuff last night just to see if I've got everything. And um, <laughs> didn't have a bow tie. <laughs> didn't have a bow tie. Pretty useful for a ball. Didn't have a belt. Um, and... I can't find my shoes at the moment, so I need to find my Wait, shoes. Wait, how do you not have a belt though? Like, what, what do you, you wear with like when you wear jeans and stuff? Oh, I don't, I don't because oh, they're just like they're tight enough. They're quite tight, yeah. <laughs> they're quite like tight. The boohoo man fit, <laughs> yeah. The tight jeans, <laughs> they're pretty tight at my waist. Um, yeah. So I could just like punch a hole through my belt. Basically, my brother's nicked my belt, oh. um, and so that's the only one which sort of fit me. Um, but the others don't. So I mean, isn't your brother quite a lot like? broader and taller than you yeah i think that's a nice way of putting it (laughs) how does does his belt how does your belt fit because like i will always go on Uh, on the smallest smallest one right it's a scintillating conversation yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, so you didn't manage to find a belt didn't find a belt haven't found my shoes yet so i need to find my shoes shoes? no so if not i need to go home and get them are you serious you haven't even got i swear there's some shoes in your car aren't there there are shoes in my car yeah i don't know if it's if they're one of them though um (laughs) 
and then you've not planned this one. I you? tried my shirt on yesterday because obviously I haven't worn that like white shirt since two years ago, yeah. and bro, that was so tight. Like oh, really? <laughs> it was like skin tight. Need to get a new one. Uh, I've got another one, so I'll try that on. Um, oh, no. Otherwise, you really left it a bit last. Yeah, yeah, I've left. it I mean, to it. be fair, you can. I remember going in on Saturday morning and getting stuff. So, oh, really? um, yeah, yeah. Last year, I went and got some braces. I mean, it's not like stuff that you need, but I thought, oh, I'll get a couple of bits. Uh, no, not last year. A couple of years ago, remember third year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, no, you can always get stuff. But coincidentally, when you were looking for a bow tie, you went to uh, a load of shops and then to none of the suit shops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, but it was up the street, wasn't it? So I just thought I'd stay in the little like inside bit. Um, and so I went to like Next H and M, all these places, and they didn't have a bow tie. They had a belt with like waist like 30 to 32 or something oh, but a bit big for us isn't it yeah <laughs> slim waist individual needed one with a start you yeah. didn't go to like moss bros or anything to look for a bow tie uh, no no i really yeah. stupid that's yeah, really suit direct yeah. moss bros yeah. uh, i didn't know suit direct but moss bros but yeah anyway so you feeling excited for the weekend it's good yeah i'm actually really looking forward to it like just touch we're just trying to get through that like two saturday we're, we're like we're not like getting any like covid or anything yeah, you know? just, yeah that's yeah, the one yeah, thing you don't want true. Yeah. um but other than that now and we've good. got uh we've got one one of our old housemates up haven't we here from tomorrow so we're recording this on a wednesday so this is recorded on wednesday the 16th so we've got our housemate our old housemate coming up uh tomorrow and he's staying from thursday through saturday yeah. through sunday actually it should be exciting be good to have him up yeah it's good it? yeah, yeah it's good when it's all the four of us here so it'll be really nice yeah have a big proper catch up we've all got to go and get haircuts at some point haven't we we're all looking a bit ragged well, yeah, I, speak I for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I <am. laughs> no, I, no, I think I'll get one as well. I think I'll get one as well. Yeah, the day before. Yeah. Um, as other housemates, it was just we'll let him marinate for one day. <laughs> what he yeah, said. yeah, I think you have to do that though. And then you can go to another barber's if the first one like has messed you up a bit. You can try and get them to sort it out. Yeah. So I'll probably go tomorrow or Friday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how, how's how's the course going? Course going well. Course going well. I think we're on to week three now. Um, Good. Good, yeah. Got my exam results today, actually, for my Jan exams. Did very well, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I'm not going to lie, I'm a bit disappointed. Like, I would have liked slightly more, uh, slightly higher. It's difficult, though, in intercalation. Like, you go from doing medicine where it's very much, they go, oh, it's all about applying your knowledge, but a lot of it is just about knowledge retention. Whereas when you're doing intercalation and stuff, it's about applying that and yeah. critiquing papers a lot more. Yeah. I know we have modules in med about critiquing papers, papers and stuff, but you notice that it's quite a different way of learning. And so <clears throat> because of that, you have to um, you have to learn in a different way. Yeah, I mean, I kind of see exams as like sort of like a, I don't want to say like a game where if you know how to play it, usually you can get Yeah, I think MCQs, by, by like kind of fourth year, you end up being really good at them because yeah, right. you understand why they're asking the question. You're not looking for the answer, but you're like, why are they asking this question? They're asking this question because there's an important point in it. Right, yeah. And so you, it's like meta-questioning. You're understanding why they're asking the question and therefore being able to pick the answer just based on why the question's being asked. So I think the reason why I'm disappointed is because I don't find the <coughs> course um, as, as sort of challenging as, as medicine. Okay. But I found the exam sh- like format more challenging than medicine. Oh, really? So um, that's why I'm slightly disappointed. Yeah, well, I think having 24 hours exams is a, is a strange one because it's then like rather than having stress for two, three hours when you have an exam, it's kind of spread over 24 hours. And it means I, don't, I feel like I wouldn't take uh, an exam as quite so seriously. Yeah. I had it spread over 24 hours. I don't know why. I just feel like you haven't got that kind of continued pressure throughout. I don't, I don't know where we left that off, but we've just... <laughs> we've just, we've just got outside to go and see that car be towed. So, uh, yeah, it's really, really exciting. <laughs> really exciting. Life of the um, University of Birmingham. Just being really yeah. immature with, like, knocking yeah. windows and yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. Do you remember what you were saying? Or uh, we were talking about Midball, weren't we? We were saying that it'll be a it'll be a good weekend. Oh, and I was talking about uh, you and your integration and how it's going. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, no, I was going to say I'm on I'm on renal at the moment, which is quite interesting. Um, last week I was on ophthalmology, so it's um, it's quite weird because it's I think I feel like with ophthalmology you get into quite a different way of thinking compared to a lot of the other specialties, and you've got to think about kind of different parts of the eye. It's more surgically inclined, and I've not done yeah, that for good. a while, it's and I good. quite like that surgical way of thinking. Yeah, I know everyone goes. Oh, Tom definitely wants to be a surgeon, but it's it. I, I really enjoyed it. And I got to uh, I got to scrub in on a couple of operations. Nice. So it's quite interesting. I mean, I I didn't really do do a lot, but what um, operations did you see? <clears throat> uh, well, I got to scrub on a cataract surgery, but by scrubbing, I was just sitting there looking through the microscope because you can't do anything because the yeah. eyes so small. But you kind of had to scrub in order to look through the microscope rather than just at the screen. And then I uh, scrubbed for a temporal artery biopsy. As well. Nice. <clears throat> and I heard you're getting on well with the um, doctors on on renal this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's all right. It's, it's quite different. It seems quite hectic up there. It's like, there's quite a few different teams. So I, today I went on like the the assessment unit team. So um, we kind of went to all the outliers on the ward. And it's quite interesting seeing that, seeing the management. And it's kind of more like a general medical, like internal medicine ward round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which meant that I was kind of having to think about a lot of stuff that we'd done beforehand. So I think I'm actually going to go on it again because it's like, it's quite good revision. It's very good, yeah. So it's like I was having to think about like Curb 65 and then there was someone who they thought might have antiphospholipid syndrome. So I was having to think about like rheumatology and like anticardiolipin and uh, lupus anticoagulant and all that stuff to try and think. And then what do we do prophylactically for them and putting them on aspirin and then what do we do once they've had an event and putting on warfarin, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so that really that really tested me, and I thought that that was very um, that was very interesting to do. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I was at the same hospital that you were at uh, last year for this same medicine placement. Yeah, so you know all the consultants that I've had. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Whenever you feedback something to them, I'm like, yeah, that. Oh, I remember that consultant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But though, yeah, the so the main point in the episode today was we wanted to talk about medical careers, but not careers in terms of going into medicine going down specialty training and all of that we wanted to talk about the people that do medicine and then decide not to go into medicine or transition away from medicine at a later point and this is not going to be a huge uh, long episode because as a we're just we haven't even started students. our careers we haven't yeah, even started yeah, our careers yeah, yeah. yeah and so we're probably not the most experienced place but we we just wanted to kind of shed some light on it and what we thought about it yeah i i just think that we can approach from the topic of like balance so I think one question I ask is like, is it right to be thinking about this right now? Like, is there a right time to be thinking about this or to be even having this discussion? Yeah, I think I think often people, uh, people who leave the medical profession almost, you see it on Twitter sometimes and stuff. They kind of talk about how they, it's like a heartbreaking decision. Often you see people and they almost feel a little bit guilty for kind of like leaving the profession. And you've got to think about kind of a number of different factors, but there's a lot of careers that people go into, maybe even directly after F1, because that's once you're fully qualified. I mean, I'm not sure if people go after med school. I think most people go into F1. So yeah. that's why people often go, oh, it's a very employable degree, because basically everyone goes into F1. Yeah. But um, but then after F1, you can... Um, you're fully qualified, you're fully registered with the GMC. So you can you could go off and do a number of other things, couldn't you? So yeah. people go into management consultancy, yep. people go into teaching, like just teaching. Uh, some people go into just research. I mean, yeah. have you ever thought about these things? You mentioned Twitter there, and, and that's the only reason I've sort of thought about it, because 
I went through this whole phase where I was just like, I'm going to follow every sort of medic person on there and like never, and I start, I'm going to start tweeting, but never really did that. But I only got to the stage of following a lot of people. And um, on sort of med Twitter, as they call it, generally, I, I just tend to see negativity, negativity every single day and people complaining about like the way the NHS is working. And obviously, that's really the only sort of exposure that I have at the moment yeah. to people's experiences currently. And I think more and more I'm seeing people wanting to leave the NHS or saying that they're going to leave the NHS, go go abroad um, or retrain something else. So that's sort of why I not started considering whatever, but just thinking about it in terms of what options are there, because mainly from the junior doctors that you see on Twitter, they, they talk about the hours. And I think it's something that we won't know completely until, until we actually we've, until experience we've it ourselves, ourselves yeah, the nights yeah. and the it's it's easy to say from here yeah oh it's we're gonna do it we're gonna plow through it because we enjoy it, whatever yeah no I, I do know what you mean um but yeah there's there's been lots of lots of people have considered kind of the idea of kind of management consultancy and doctors often get seem to get brought into those things because of the kind of the thinking skill set don't they and what what do you think it is what what yeah well i was i was, I was yeah. going to ask you kind of what you okay. thought it was um but I, I think it's the way in which doctors are kind of taught to think at med school i think re i've realized since kind of becoming further on in medical training not just kind of going to lectures and things like that you're taught to think in a certain way in a kind of a diagnostic way in a way in which to approach a patient which might be thinking quite laterally and thinking outside of the box often so you're not just thinking about right it's this step it's this step it's this step you might be kind of having to do that quite a lot when you're a junior doctor when you're at f1 kind of following protocols and stuff but when you're actually at med school often you're taught to think outside of the box what could this be what different systems it might be a weird presentation of this i mean it might not be but you're often taught to think about similar things from totally different uh, different systems affecting something in the same way. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's why they like bringing people in from in terms of a management consultancy point of view, in that they shed a com doctors often shed a completely different light on a situation on how to kind of optimize the situation. It might be approached an entirely different angle. Yeah. yeah. You get a different perspective, don't you? Mm. And also, I think. I, I was um, having a talk from a sport like leading sports scientist yeah. who works works at um, Liverpool Football Club, okay. and they asked him. So our lecturer asked him, what, "What sort of advice would you give to the students who want to work in this field?" And he said that the knowledge is, is sort of a given, but what you can't teach is the softer skills, um, which they probably don't emphasise as much. I don't. I'm no. I don't know. I'm just saying. But in medicine, I, I feel like they do emphasise the, the sort of the, t uh, the teamwork, the leadership, the communication. Definitely. And I think those are the transferable skills which you can apply to any sort of environment. I think that's particularly relevant because even our other housemate today was talking about the simulation that he was in. And yeah. he was in a multidisciplinary sim. So a sim with nurses and physicians. So a simulation is where you have a, um, a scenario such as like a cardiac arrest and you have people and you just sort of have to... You've it's got like a dummy. Ima imaginary patient. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there'll be a dummy there and then you're taught to kind of... You're told to, to manage it and they often won't give you a whole load of briefing beforehand they'll go right here's a person with chest pain go and manage them and then you'll debrief afterwards won't yeah, you yeah so yeah no I, I think it is those transferable skills and i it, even in most degrees with my friends who are working now they'll say that uh, i always ask them what relevance does your degree have to your actual work mm. and they say that a lot of the learning is done on the job itself yeah so i don't think there's a concern from um employers elsewhere that you'll be able to pick up um, obviously, if it's completely different, then that's a different thing. You might have to do extra courses or something. But I think the transferable skills themselves that you get, the softer skills that you learn, because we're at med school for six years, you know, and a lot of these people are at 
uh, university for half the time yeah. and um I-, I would say that we probably have more like hours in terms of learning in the in our learning environment I, mean, I think we have a lot more contact hours but and i think we end up the, the other point i was going to make about the kind of management consultancy point of view is that you spend a lot of your your time kind of i don't want to say indoctrinated but you're you're so in healthcare systems the whole time you can look at a healthcare system and you can know or even a, a simple part of that maybe like a waiting list for a, for a clinical thing you go well actually i don't think this is being run in the best way or whatever because these things are always implemented in hospitals they go right we're going to change this up we're going to we're going to do the ward round in this way or we're going to do uh, a clinic in this way and you see that being done a lot to kind of optimize it and stuff yeah and so you you learn that just from being a med student kind of on the job what makes things run well where is leadership important where is it important to delegate and where is it important to do the tasks yourself and those things are then often, I think, some of the important skills that kind of you, you can only pick up when you're in that environment for so long, like yeah. you are when you're a med student or a doctor. Yeah, but I, I also think in your junior years, you don't have the power to influence it in that way. Yeah. You know, in F1 yeah. and F2, you're sort of just sort of going as per the orders of someone senior to you, um, uh, unless you're maybe on nights where you have more autonomy, where you have to make more decisions yourself. Oh, no, I, I, com- I completely agree. I'm saying that you get to you get to see a lot of these things happen. Yeah. And you get to see maybe a lot of problems which is why and I, how they're solved. Which is why I think maybe people might choose to leave after the foundation years, when they realise they don't have the autonomy that they want to influence the change. They can see over the two yeah. years what needs to be changed, but they, they can't currently, you know, they can't change anything. I suppose it's an interesting thing we've come up with that the people people see a lot of these things happen and maybe see change come up from kind of higher powers and stuff and they they feel like they're not able to influence it themselves but then can go into a job like management consultancy where they're then directly part of creating changes in a different environment yeah maybe that is a maybe that is another hospital but then you're then taking going on into that management position aren't you because i think often they do bring in doctors as a management consultant in hospitals to kind of improve hospitals but also in other businesses and things like that yeah yeah because it might be interesting that you had uh before coming to university University, but obviously when you choose this degree you're, you're either choosing one thing or another right you yeah you can't do finance and do medicine at the same time so no, it's, it's probably no, no. bringing that interest into here um and it's seeing how you can apply like your interests elsewhere um into here so i know i've seen i was looking at i don't know why but i was looking at um a website called medic footprints yeah um and they've got a youtube channel as well and they would they, they were the exact same they would um interview different entrepreneurs um in medicine um about their sort of endeavors outside and so one was talking about um, artificial intelligence in medicine um other were talking about sort of telemedicine um, so you get an idea about um, even sort of general practice in a way it's, it's run as a business you know yeah um, and so just just getting just sort of um, watching that and learning from that is I thought was quite interesting because we we're, we've been at university now and some of our friends they've been working for over two years now you know and we've got we've got another year left yeah. and w- I don't know how I, I would sort of guess that our hours compared to them will probably be a lot more you know i mean i yeah i mean yeah i know people are applying for like specialist training so i know someone applying for neurosurgery training which obviously st1 so they're an fy2 at the moment and i know people applying for kind of other training and they're two years out of med school and they say it's busy so it'd be interesting to see what the the combination is kind of with um see what the difference is between them and us and see if the numbers are a lot higher um, but it, it's interesting to think about what jobs people go into, but also those factors that kind of push people away. Because at the end of the day, when you're trained in medicine and surgery, a degree in medicine and surgery, the government and the university that's teaching teaching you wants you to become a doctor because it's in their best interest for you to become a doctor. 
at the end of the day or at least spend part of your time doing medical training and treating people not going into these things like management consultancy or uh just teaching or just research uh even though those things are often combined with a career in medicine and so it's interesting to think what either pulls people away from doing um doing kind of uh, junior doctor training or pushes people away from kind of being in a hospital it's it's interesting about med school as well you can relate that to med school because uh, so obviously i don't know what it's like to work but i I know people who struggle in the first couple of years at med school a very popular line sort of said to everyone is that just get through the first two years and then once you get to clinical years you start to enjoy it a lot more so I don't know if when you start working, they'll say, just get through your first couple of years. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it's not something I've heard, but I've definitely heard the thing about if you get through the first couple of years of med school, it will get better. Because the first two are kind of they're very, very lecture heavy, particularly at Birmingham. And it's kind of, even though they say it's an integrated course, the two years are very lecture heavy. And uh, then year three, four and five are very um, clinical. Yeah, and I mean, I took a I took a break after my first clinical year, and you've taken a break after your second clinical year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the clinical years are definitely fun because you feel like you're far more part of a team, whereas like the first two years are fun because you feel like you're an actual uni student, even though you spend a lot of time kind of just in and amongst medics. But it's yeah, it, it's interesting to see. I think one of the main things that pulls people away or maybe pushes them is the the kind of the pay gulf, isn't it? That we know kind of friends and colleagues who are kind of going into jobs in the city in finance and stuff on a base salary uh, of kind of 60, maybe even 70,000, which yeah. seems like a crazy amount of money. Yeah. And I know they're working kind of long hours, but then you see someone going in as an F1 and with bonuses, I mean, their base pay is about 28 and with bonuses, um, it's probably about 33 based on kind of like nights and all of those other little things and working yeah. weekends. And you think, the you're earning probably about half of what other people might be earning and you've got people's lives in your hands particularly yeah. directly in your hands over like the weekend and stuff so i think that might be i think that's pro- that is a big factor that often pulls people towards things like management consultancy and stuff yeah. like that yeah and even like adam k's like this is gonna hurt and stuff have yeah. you watched that yet? i haven't seen it yet you've seen no it, no I, i've seen it i've seen it and it kind of it touches on that a bit and it touches on kind of uh briefly towards the end about why he kind of starts considering leaving leaving medicine and yeah i mean you've read the book i've read the book yeah no the the book's good um you know when you say like you're you're right when you say but 28 to thirty thousand is probably the starting salary and and it's not like that's a bad salary it's it's just i'm not saying no no no. i I just i know i know you're not saying that but it's just acknowledging the fact that um one you take into in consideration with the cost of living um over the past sort of 10 years how it's increased yeah so in relation to that the salary isn't i mean even announced today inflation's gone up by five percent compared to the previous january so it's it's pretty crazy and it's the it's the thing that you're trained for six years and then you're going into a, a base salary like that and i mean i know there is there's clearly pay progression in medicine like i'm undoubtedly there's paid progression in medicine but you've got to you've got to think at the end of the day these are people who are looking after someone's life yep uh, it's not just kind of uh kind of money and finance and these people are also paid well because they look after finances and that yeah people's yeah, livelihoods yeah, yeah, but yeah. you've got to think about about the life and that's what <laughs> that's what doctors are doing yeah and i also think like i don't know now probably changing but it, it probably was 
looked down upon to actually can like even have money as a factor when considering medicine yeah you know it, let's say in an interview if you they said why do you want to choose medicine if you said oh it's, it's a stable source of income i don't, I don't think that's an answer they um, probably encouraged to give i think that's i think it's interesting because i think it's a factor that may get almost preyed upon by by some governments yeah that doctors should do medicine because they love it and they'll do it because we pay yeah them. they take advantage I, I think they could take easily take advantage i think i think it is taken advantage yeah i don't think it's kind of a, they could do it i think it is taken advantage upon in that doctors do medicine because they and medical students do medicine because they love medicine and that's true I, I really really do enjoy what i'm learning about and i love learning about all these different things and the wonderful therapies that are coming out and that gets kind of preyed upon to the point where people are kind of doing medicine because they love it but then maybe not earning enough to kind of justify the way in which they might have to spend their life. And it can be quite antisocial, having spoken to a lot of registrars and stuff. These are people who are kind of approaching their mid-30s who are having to do night shifts with young families and stuff. Yeah, yep. yeah. I remember hearing <clears throat> a doctor who's now living in London and she, she said, that, oh, I'm in my late 30s now. And because I'm living in London, because the cost of living is so high, you know, I'm still saving up for like my, the house. And so it's, it's a very real problem. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, no, I just think that even with social media now, you're just getting to see what everyone else can do in addition to being um, a doctor. Yeah, and that's one of the things I don't like quite so much about kind of med Twitter and stuff. It can can end up being quite a toxic space and it can end up being one person might have had a bad day and then everyone comes out with their bad days and it can kind of can bring you down a bit, I've found. Yeah. When you read stuff, I mean, some of it is so heartwarming and I often use Twitter. I think it's quite a good way of people kind of getting their research out there or getting their projects that they're doing out, out there. And I enjoy that side of it because you can read about what people are doing and the fantastic things that people are doing in like medical technology and things like that um but sometimes it can it can become a bit toxic about people talking about leaving the nhs and it's just a bit like, yeah I, I haven't I, no. I haven't experienced it myself no, and no. so i don't want to kind of i don't want to bias myself kind of intrinsically against it based on what all of these people are no saying. med yeah. twitter med social media it's a it's a balance because if you, if you start posting your successes um i think people can think to, after a certain point oh you know there's a certain level of arrogance there but then yeah. the flip side is then people start posting their failures as well and sort of looking down upon those people who are posting their successes so there's there's a balance that you mm. have to strike which I, I don't think med twitter does very well Definitely. um if if there's i've seen this a couple of times actually if, if someone posts i saw someone post a thread about how to sort of get more more marks in the exams um some dude like who's just giving very like uh, practical tips quite relevant tips quite helpful tips um and just a barrage of like medical students doctors just talking like just absolutely ripping him to shreds saying oh this is not what med school is about it's not about competition it's not about getting the highest marks and i just think that if you want if you want that advice just take it if you don't just just leave him alone man so what advice so he was talking about he had a thread about how um how i sort of got top marks at uh, medical school yeah and he was just giving tips on how he did that and so um there was this whole med twitter they were like attacking him saying that um you know you you said that you've got these top marks in top medical school it's not it's not about competition you'll promote this is quite toxic this and that and I but just, then it's just it's just it's, it's being toxic to him for having a go at him and right I, mean, I think i think as we spoke about in our episode on competition if that motivates him to revise yeah, yeah. and motivates him to study and become a better doctor yeah why is it is fine and he's not saying that's the, that's he, what you have to do he's not know? saying that's what you have to do at all and I, I would agree and say that well if he wants to talk about kind of competition if he's not as long as he's not going right i'm gonna beat you i'm gonna beat you do you know what i mean yeah if he's just if he's pushing himself to try and get into that top decile because he wants to get the job that he wants yeah yeah that's perfectly fine i yeah. don't see anything wrong with that no, at all yeah, yeah. and people i know people get caught up and there, there can be that kind of 
element of competitiveness um, in that people go, oh, well, you're at med school now. We're all going to become doctors at the end of the day. But if he, if he really wants a certain job and he knows that there's a job that comes up every year with some really good rotations that he wants, yeah. I think that's perfect. Well, and, and there's an element of hypocrisy there because, you know, med Twitter go on about how people are bullied in the workplace and essentially you're just going after this one dude. I know, who, I know. He's yeah. trying to so, say, yeah, that's just that's, that's yeah. the med Twitter thing. Yeah. But, but talking about that, in, um, I think the first person to really... Um, talk about this openly in terms of an alternative career it's, pr- it's probably Ali Abdul to be honest with you yeah it's a good point um, otherwise you know he's actually just he's left medicine now you've made a, you made a yeah, video on it yeah um, but in, even in that he was doing this alongside medical school and alongside being a doctor like having this YouTube channel mm. I know he set up a sort of tutoring platform um, yeah. at th- when he was at medical school and now you see on Instagram you know people setting up um, I don't know I've seen people run sort of coding programs um, a lot of people got YouTube channels now so um, I think it's really important to have that kind of uh, alternative uh, kind of career options or just like like we, we've spoken about kind of away from the podcast is that kind of that secondary source of income because it's good yep. to have those kind of diversify and um, it's really nice to to be able to do that and if he suddenly decided that he enjoys that uh, aspect of his life a lot more yep. in terms of running that platform and bringing tutoring to people um, then then so be it do you know what I mean he's still yep. benefiting a lot yep. of people yep. yeah yeah and I think there's also people who probably very happy with their job in medicine become a consultant and and that's their life and that that's absolutely fine you know there's nothing wrong with that mm. i just I, I think that for us growing growing up and going through medical training it might be quite different to people who are kind of already consultants and i think that was different for people who are kind of 20 years ago compared to their consultants and it changes kind of every generation yeah it's the the kind of that journey through medical school and through medical training is completely different and yeah it's kind of you face different different aspects you might not have encountered beforehand and i think that the kind of the social media aspect and the way in which it's so easy to share your experiences can in some way be a a kind of a a good spark for change to go look this other hospital does this really well look this is where we need to improve but can also kind of if you get home and i've seen it before and it's kind of brought me down a bit when i've seen kind of those messages and if i've had a bad day enough i don't want to look at everyone else having a bad day i want to i want to kind of switch off and think about something entirely different so um no, even on our even on our Instagram account, it's quite cool to see what people get up to. You know, yeah, we follow yeah. people from different countries and just seeing their like med med experiences, their journeys. That's also quite cool. And, and like we said, we wanted to try and kind of branch out and not just show our life at medical school because that's not our life. Yeah, medical school is a part of our life, but our life isn't medical school. Do you know what? Yeah, so. I'd, be, I'd be interested to ask this question to like a, a doctor, a consultant. Do you think it's right for a medical student to be thinking about things other than medicine right now? Because we haven't even started working yet. Yeah, well, I mean, interestingly, I've uh, a consultant once said to me, "Do entrance exams for another country? Oh, they really? Sit medical entrance exams for another country?" But that's still talking about medicine, isn't it? Yeah. No, if you if you say um, things away from medicine, and so talk about sort of passion projects away from medicine and and balancing that within medicine, do you think it'd be looked down upon in the fact they should say you should first of all just concentrate on your medicine first? Um, no, I, not at all. I think it's really important to have those kind of extracurricular interests. And if they spark maybe a source of income, yeah. I think that's perfectly fine. I mean, there's a lot of people who who we know who are kind of into creativity and into kind of like arts and showbiz and stuff like that and dance or yeah. act or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it may not be a source of income now, but whether it is in the future, that might be something that because they, they do it because they, they enjoy it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a similar thing to medicine. We do medicine because we really enjoy it. Yeah. And if that 
brings income with it as well then it's kind of it can kind of be seen as secondary but like we were saying beforehand we don't want to be we don't want it being preyed upon that the income thing can be secondary in that we don't want our love for medicine to mean that maybe people are not paid enough yeah do you get what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I think until that sort of pay dispute is not um sort of looked at more closely then people will tend to in the future tend to look more outwards to these yeah and i mean it's not just a it's not just a pay but it's a kind of uh the treatment real real yeah it's a treatment and it's like the real real pay like yeah, the real pay yeah. change based right, on right, kind of right. Uh, they love to say don't they that wages have increased for doctors they love yeah, to say that the government yeah. where whereas they don't take into account the inflation yeah um have they really increased i mean no, I, I, i've not got i've not got the they facts haven't, no me. they've gone down ridiculously i've got the figures to hand um <clears throat> but they've gone down significantly um and when you take into account like the price of, of stuff like houses like well also yeah you're at university you're accruing debt for five or six years yeah some courses are standard six years we've chosen to do six years and i know that i'm in a considerable amount of debt from university <laughs> that i have to yeah. have to pay back and you pay that back as a graduate tax so to speak is what the government are calling it over a certain amount yeah and so um it's interesting to see how that will play out in the future um, with everything going on at the moment with the government it'd be very interesting to see whether this becomes a bigger bigger topic i mean healthcare is always big in manifestos but yeah whether actually the treatment of junior doctors with kind of stuff like this is going to hurt coming out becomes to the f- to the forefront i mean, mean i think it's only big because it's an, it's an easy way of sort of trying to get votes you know yeah yeah it's, it's a good way of thinking about it it's uh, i think it is i think there's there can often be a lot of false promises and but i um i hope that there is more thought towards the kind of the care of uh particularly junior doctors and the kind of uh, a lot of the other staff who were worked kind of very very hard <laughs> once we start working nurses and things like that. <laughs> I've, I've even seen it today when yeah. i was on the ward and it was extremely busy and kind of nurses all running around and doctors all running around and not just the junior doctors but also consultants as well yeah, it's very yeah. very busy and it's a very high pressure environment and um yeah be interesting to see how that changes i guess i'll probably just ask you then have you thought about anything that you'd like to do alongside medicine weirdly i know that i want to teach and yeah. i know that i'd want to do research yeah but i like we've spoken about beforehand i really enjoy the variety i i don't think i'd ever want to fully move away at the moment at least fully away from doing medicine i but i like having variety like, i like that variety i'd like to do surgery because you get you get some days operating you get some days in clinic some days in the wards and then i'd like to do a bit of research and a bit of teaching yeah you think about it you maybe you're there you're doing a day on something totally different aren't you maybe you have a research day a teaching day a operating day a clinic day an award day or something like that and i really enjoy that variety that's why i really like dnt and ophthalmology you know you have yeah. the difference in medicine surgery research yeah teaching and it's been particularly shown to me by a, by a consultant who I'm kind of doing some work with at the moment in, in ENT and the, the variety that is possible there. And it really, it does really excite me. Um, but yeah, what about you? Have you, have you ever thought about kind of alternative careers? Uh, not alternative careers as such, but um, I know I've mentioned it before, you know, being, having a GP with a special interest. Um, I think probably what i'll do is just just focus on the medicine um at least until the end of f2 and sort of sort of cultivate your interests around that yeah. and i think if if your interests come about during those years and you're feasibly able to um to do them alongside medicine then opportunities will present themselves you know like you uh, like i enjoy teaching as well like we both shoot every week um, yeah very much yeah. enjoy that it's something that I find, I find really really fun it's really rewarding and, and I think you learn a lot from it and they i think it's encouraged in, in the medical sort of space Definitely. anyway you know the, the amount of presentations that we do like you've we 
had to do teaching projects. You just did yours like a couple of months ago. And I think that's even shown how in the medical curriculum it's been become more encouraged because often you see the younger consultants and those kind of senior registrars are really, really willing to teach you. Yeah. And maybe that attitude has changed from kind of uh, particularly... I, I found generally more that it's often the younger consultants who are more kind of willing to kind of... Uh, there to kind of teach maybe it's a, a thing that I, i've just experienced i'm not sure i've also been taught so by some brilliant older consultants yeah it's i think it's more now emphasized in the medical school curriculum that people uh should be teaching while they're also being taught and that's that passing down of knowledge to the next kind of generation am i right in saying that that like doctors consultants they get extra like uh, money for, for getting to teach i don't know i mean i, I don't know if it's just a, a rumor that goes round. because but, um, yeah i, I mean Another thing is that you sort of get points in your applications for doing teaching stuff as well. So that's that's sort of where it can become bad, even though it's encouraged. Um, yeah. you know, you're sort of teaching for the wrong yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I asked that question, because I've had teaching from consultants who genuinely just weren't interested in teaching at all. And so it was sort of like, well, why are you doing this in the first place? You know? Yeah. And it's that kind of points based application thing again, isn't it? That we've spoken about a number of times, I think, beforehand. And it's kind of if everything's so points-based, then people just do stuff for getting the points. They don't do it for the real enjoyment of doing it. Yeah. And we don't want medicine to shift away so that people are just doing stuff for the sake of doing it. Yeah. You want to have to, you want to be doing things and moving into things because you really, really enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Like we've had these ideas because, you know, I think we're all, we're all interested in different things and even our other housemate, he's interested in med tech, really loves like med tech. So just even from having conversations with him about um, the variety that he wants to have as well, it's very interesting. You know, my auntie she works in sort of hr um and she was talking about like a survey that she um i don't know if her company conducted or something and was talking about like us our generation saying what do you want most in a career and the top answer was autonomy like mm. people wanted autonomy um so they wanted control of their own sort of um career yeah so i found that quite interesting you know above money above everything else that was and i think that's what having another career outside sort of affords you yeah in a space in medicine where you will get that but eventually you're not you're maybe not being governed by someone so closely as you are where we're in medicine i mean the point is essential when you're a junior doctor but um i think that, that autonomy is a big thing and definitely you talking about it now has made me really appreciate what i'd really want in uh, in a future career and yeah. it is that ability to kind of make those decisions once you're capable enough of making those decisions making them yourself yep yeah I think that's maybe a, a good point to, to leave it. Yeah. What do you think? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Nah, good. I'm just really excited for Saturday. And uh, uh, <laughs> we had a good discussion. And um, I forgot to ask you, actually. But um, maybe I should ask you all this off the podcast. But um, we're also, because I've been training for this half marathon. Yeah. You said you come for a run with me on Saturday. I will. 15 kilometers. Will. Yeah. We'll do 15K. 15K. We're not, you're not going that fast. So I will no, come with you. No. I'll maybe do a, a little little limber up tomorrow or something. And then we'll go along. But as usual, guys, thanks very much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you'd be able to rate us on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great. And subscribe to us on Spotify as well. Thanks for listening once again, and we'll speak soon.